The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Greetings, my friends. Hey, it's bonus time again with episode 120 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Oh my gosh. You know, I had hoped that throughout March and April that I'd be able to get some more bonus content to you. But as I've mentioned in past episodes, I've been very busy. (laughs) And unfortunately, it didn't work out the way I wanted to. But, you know, such is life, right? In any case, I have a very special episode for you today with guest author and co-host of the Authors and Chain podcast, Glacia Crunk. And let me tell you, she is going to bring the laughs and the feels today. In case you're unfamiliar with her backstory, you're going to hear about her life's evolution into becoming a writer, which is a remarkable story in itself. Then we get into the weeds about her writing process, and you learn about flow, which if you don't know what that is, you're going to learn it today. And then writing from a stream of consciousness and learning to break apart from that to write something that's more deliberate. Lots and lots of great information uh, that we get today from Glacia. It's a really good show. I'm I'm really happy with it. And uh, we also get a little bit of uh, background on how she became involved with the Authors and Chains podcast. Now, I want to back up just a little bit. I want you to be able to appreciate her reading. So listen carefully when the interview begins and Glacia begins to talk about her past and uh, what she deals with now on a daily basis. And when you hear that, and then you hear her reading later, you're going to be blown away because, holy crap, she nails it. And to think that, you know, okay, yeah, okay, she did a reading, but to understand what she had to go through to do this, and I'm not spoiling anything for you, I just want you to know this up front, it's amazing. It is an amazing reading, and you're going to love it. I wish my own audio sounded that good. <laughs> so it, it's a it's a fun interview. You're going to really, really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, what's funny is uh, we got so involved in our conversation that we didn't even hear the train going by in the background. And I get, it had to have been on her side because I'm way out in the country, and there's no trains out here. But that's okay. It was It's a fun little thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's coming up here in just a moment. As always, make sure to click the link in the show notes for our sponsors and uh, podcast networks uh, that we're a part of. So let's start with our sponsor, All. They are the number one self-storage facility in the Warnsburg area. I believe in them. I believe in what they are offering, and they have everything that you need. Climate control, security, uh, they've gone green with solar power. I mean, it's all there. Check them out online at ustoreall.net. That is the letter U-S-T-O-R-A-L-L dot net. Of course, my favorite writing software, Scrivener, is our other now longtime sponsor. Been with us for over a year. We have that special coupon code. If you uh, are checking out and you're getting the regular desktop version, then use coupon code CHAPTER and save yourself 20%. I've got an ad for that coming up right now. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. 
Now I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. All right, thank you so much to Scrivener. Just like I say in the ad, I love them and I use them every day. Next, I want to thank Pop Goes the Culture Network. Uh, I They're my first network that I ever joined with this show. I'm so thrilled to be a part of them, and uh, I love all the shows that they have on there. There's at least half a dozen different shows, all of them pop culture geekness, <laughs> you know, you name it. So much fun, so check them out in the links. Uh, it's popgoesofculture.com, and uh, you won't regret it. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going you're gonna to really enjoy everything that's over there. And then, of course, my other network that we are now a part of, Project Entertainment Network, uh, home to more than 30 shows. They just brought another one on this week. Uh, it's a horror-themed show. So if I have that available, it's going to play next. But if not, you're going to hear from one of the other fantastic shows on the Project Entertainment Network right now. Do you like horror movies? Do you like collecting things? Do you like collecting Blu-ray special editions of horror movies? Well, then, The Horror Academic's Guide to Movies is the show for you. It's a web series where every month I pick one modern classic and determine which is the best version that I recommend that you should own. I talk a little bit about the history of the movie, and in the end, you get to see what films should be in your home collection of horror's modern classics. That's The Horror Academic's Guide to Movies on YouTube every month, and now part of the Project Entertainment Network. All right, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and just remind everybody that uh, make sure you're following us on social media. We are just the Sample Chapter Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us very, very easily there. Make sure that you are uh, sharing the episodes with your friends. If you find a, a book or an author that you're interested in, that's the best way to share some love, not only for this show, but for that author, because you know, the author is, every author who comes on this show, they are really putting themselves out there, not only to come in and talk to me on this show, but then they do a reading. And let me tell you, getting an author to read from their story sometimes is like pulling teeth. <laughs> so so this, is, this is a lot of fun. I really love all the authors who come on this show. And uh, if you can share the episode whenever you find ones that you like, by all means do so. And make sure you tag me in it whenever you do. Tag the Sample Chapter Podcast, and uh, I'll make sure to sh give you a shout-out on the next episode. If you have a comment or uh, something else you'd like to reach out to me to, like maybe you have a recommendation for an author that you'd like to hear about, then you can contact me at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll get back in touch with you. Sometimes it takes me a couple of days to get back. No more <laughs> waiting a month. That is done. I'm trying to get back onto a regular schedule again. But have a little bit of patience, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. And hey, as I mentioned the other day, I will be a guest on Glacia's show, the Authors and Change podcast. 
this coming Saturday, May 30th, it'll be 8 p.m. Central over on their Facebook site. It's going to be broadcast live, so make sure you tune in, ask us questions if you have any, or just uh, just come along for the ride, because I guarantee you it's going to be a fun one. So look us up online so that way you can find out more, and I uh, hope to see you there. All right. With that, everyone, I'm going to get us on over to our interview with the incredible, the multi-talented, the delightful, Glacia Kronk. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. This week is a very special one for me personally as, well, to be perfectly honest, I have not read her books yet. But I do get to listen to her every week on the Author in Chains podcast. That's right. I'm talking about Glacia Kronk, one-third of the cast. She writes psychic thrillers in the Clockmaker series, and I cannot wait to dive into this. Glacia, welcome to the show. Hello. (laughs) How are you tonight? I'm so well. I'm so well. Wonderful. And we were talking a little bit before the show. One of the things that I know your fans and myself find extremely interesting is that you've been writing for about two years. You've already put out three books with a fourth one coming soon. Uh, For those who don't know, what drove you into writing? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So unlike most writers, I don't have one of those Genesis stories that starts with, oh, I always loved writing when I was a kid and I always wanted to be an author. No, that wasn't me. That was like totally, totally not me. Uh, When I was a kid, I liked science and math. That was my thing. I was like, oh God, English, I have to write. Why? Why do I have to write? I'll never use this ever in my life. Why do I have to learn about grammar? I don't even care. Yeah, well. I was in for an ironic twist. (laughs) Um, In uh, March of uh, 2018, uh, prior to that, uh, I had spent my my entire life as a professional equestrian. I was a horse trainer and a riding instructor. And um, in uh, March 2018, I uh, I had a very bad fall and uh, had a a traumatic brain injury. that ended up leaving me uh, with uh, anterograde amnesia, um, which for folks who don't know what that is, is it's, it's not the same as most people uh, hear amnesia and they think it, that it's the, you know, the kind that you usually see in movies where people like forget who they are. Mm-hmm. They forget everything from like before the accident. That's retrograde amnesia. What I have is anterograde amnesia. So what that means is that I don't make new memories um, so immediately after my accident, I would, uh, I would have a very hard time remembering things within a conversation, uh, ask me a question. I would start answering it and I would forget the question by the time I got to, you know, halfway through the answer. Couldn't even remember what I was saying. It was terrible. Um, go to sleep at night. Couldn't remember anything from the previous day by the time I woke up the next morning. Uh, it ended up getting you know, better and, and better for about six months. And then I reached a steady state, went to my doctor and was like, you know, for my six month recheck. And I was like, it's just not getting any better. It's just not. Um, and uh, so we went over everything and he was like, okay, well, uh, this is where we start. 
occupational therapy. You know, you, you need to develop coping mechanisms because whatever whatever has not improved as of the six-month period is now what we're going to call chronic. This is no longer an, an acute symptom. This is an ongoing thing. So you need to address this by integrating it into your life. Come up with routines, rituals, things that you can do that can help you keep track of the things in in day-to-day life you know um try this try that you know and and come up with something that you can do that can flex you know your brain and 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 not necessarily uh you don't really ever gain anything back that you lose after uh, a brain injury but the, the the brain is very plastic it doesn't bounce back to to what it used to be but it can be retrained and so he was like, you know, pick up some new maths or play an instrument or learn a new language or write. And there we go. <laughs> so I was like, well, that seemed very difficult because I, I, I'm very good at learning things that are procedural. Um, that has always been really easy. Um, writing is something that I had never done that I would, I, I, I didn't know if I was good or bad at it because I had never done it. You know, I mean, I have like <laughs> high school grammar education. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So it seemed like uh, the most challenging thing that I could undertake. And it, and it took out uh, any of the chance that maybe I was just banking on my ability to, you know, learn new physical tasks. It was entirely cerebral. Um, and so that's what I did. I started, I started writing in, uh, <sighs> the autumn-ish uh, of 2018 and uh, published my first book in January 20, 2019. And uh, yep, my the rest history. Yeah, it was a breakneck pace, man, breakneck. Some people would say then that you are just naturally gifted, but it sounds like, mm. it, it, this sounds like the beginning of a superhero story to me. <laughs> you've had your moment <laughs> yeah and it's like it's my like, origin story exactly yes <laughs> you, you you had the accident that something happened and all of a sudden you're super glacier now yeah that's right the spider kind of... bit me and now now i can shoot words out of my wrist <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. you go <laughs> no uh i i i am just an intensely tenacious people who know me really well wouldn't use that's that's way too nice a word they would call me stubborn i'm stubborn as hell and it it was it was hard it was hard but i was so mad at my brain that i just i just kept doing it and um being a uh, being a professional equestrian i had a certain uh a certain amount of skill uh, when it came to the idea of developing what uh, a lot of athletes and some artists call flow. Mm. Um, you know, you, you hear about this where something becomes so practiced and so immersive that the conscious uh, aspects of the act sort of melt away and it just happens. And um, it was something that uh, up until that point I had only ever experienced uh, while riding, while riding horses. And it is a wonderfully intoxicating feeling. It's something that when you get it, no matter what it is, swimming, basketball, painting, riding horses, riding books, once you get a bit of it, mm-hmm. it's like a drug. You seek it, you chase it. And, um, and I was like, I, damn it. 
I know, I know that I can get that, you know, <laughs> from this. And so while I was, you know, schlogging through all of the, you know, learning the technical aspects of what I was doing, plus trying to figure out ways to be able to keep track of what oh, I was doing, yes. because I would go to bed, wake up, and not remember what I had written the previous day. I was also <laughs> chasing that flow the whole time. And, and once I was able to get to that sort of weird, immersed, meditative, I'm not a metaphysical person at all when I say this, but I mean like anybody who knows what that feels like knows that it's sort of like a weird little high that yeah. you get when you're just, you're going, you are in there, you are not even aware of what you are typing. You are just watching that movie in your head and you are documenting it as yeah. fast as you freaking can. <laughs> So, yep. yeah, no, it's, and I mean, it, it, this is the crowd, you know, the, the author crowd, I think is a great one for that feeling. Cause there's mm -hmm. lots of us who have had that moment, had that experience. Uh, my mm -hmm. first two books, it's been like that with the last uh, five or six chapters. It feels like it's like, I'm, I'm up till yeah. three in the morning, two or three nights yeah. in a row with just a couple hours sleep, but I'm still just wired all day long. I'm like, Oh gosh, I cannot wait to get home and get back into it because I'm it's there the story's there and I see the end and I know how it's going to happen oh it's incredible and then you're done and then I'm like oh crash <sighs> on to the next exactly and the next <laughs> so so why psychological thrillers what uh, what brought that on good question I don't know <laughs> Okay, so a question that I've been asked quite uh, quite frequently is is do you believe in psychic or paranormal phenomena? Because my MC is a psychic. These uh, these books are very much um, in the. Uh, it's always interesting uh, to hear uh, comments from people when they when they read all of them because they're always shocked at um, the depth and complexity of it. And um, it has been called psychological thriller with paranormal twist an mm. awful lot or some variation or another of that because it is not a, uh, a book that dabbles in the paranormal in a superficial sort of way that allows okay. that sort of thing to be the, um, the uh, uh, you know, the mechanism of, of the story. The story is very much, um, human psychology it is what makes us tick it is um interestingly um how memory works and how uh, the sum total of our experiences mold us into into who we are and how those things can be banked and then retrieved because that's what my mc does she goes and she retrieves these pieces of personality and memory from inside of people's heads in order to figure out who they are to either to find them whether they are a victim or a criminal she finds both um so to 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 double back i've, I've been asked a, a whole lot oh, so you do you, are, do you think you're psychic? Do you believe in ghosts? I'm like, no, actually. I am like <laughs> queen skeptic over here. I, I don't believe in, in anything paranormal at all. And it, it, I've, I've, I question myself every time I tell fans that I don't believe in it because they get a little sad. They're like, oh, 
you don't like no no but you're protagonist but but lark is a psychic you don't believe in psychic phenomenon you don't think you're psych nope nope <laughs> sorry no i don't but it is fun to write about you know i mean but ultimately what i'm writing about in in this series is is what makes people tick mm. and it, it's it's a fun tool to be able to go in and touch and manipulate and experience um, the memories and formative experiences of a person, you know, later from the third person perspective, you know, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. It's like, it's a playground in there. It's, it's very (laughs) very fun stuff. Oh gosh. Yes, absolutely. And when they're, I I have to say, and it sounds like I I keep coming back to, it's like a superpower that you've gotten that you are just the story's just flowing right out. Uh, you've got the character, you've got everything about this that's just going right along and you're just going with the ride wherever it's taking you, which well, is, which is what a lot of authors fight against. Well, here's the thing though. Um, yeah, that, that is true to a certain extent. Um, book one, um, the softwood hour and book two, the cold clock, came out very 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 easily uh stream of consciousness um by the time i they they just sort of happened um and they were they were they were wonderful to write but then by the time i got to to the aspen sundial um i had learned a lot um and i had a very distinct feeling of wanting to craft something um and and flex out a little bit more instead of allowing it to be quite so stream of consciousness. I, I, I wanted to do more, um, more deliberate writing. Um, and, uh, and so Aspen was, was longer and more, uh, more thought out and, uh, it, it, it really had to be, it was, it, it was timed wonderfully that that was, that was the point in growth that I had met because, um, that, that book, the point at which the story was, uh, very much needed that sort of deliberation because it was the culmination of everything that had happened in the first two books. And it was by no means a simple culmination. Um, but superpower it is not because right <laughs> now I am toiling on, on book four, uh, the Hawthorne clone, which I am behind on. And, you know, the thing that would seem to, to, to be the, you know, the mother of the superpower, my memory issues, I actually am having to go back and reread all three of my books to sort of recommit myself to the world and the characters, which is not an easy thing because ever since I got the brain damage, I can't read. Um, the only reading that I can do is sort of following along while it's being read to me via PDF text-to-speak uh, program. And so right now I'm sort of reading slash listening to all, all three of my, of my first books to try to get myself back to center. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, get exactly where I need to be to make sure that, because with any long series, I think there's always a risk for the author to sort of go astray. Um, Yeah. 
you you lose not only center for the characters and what the what the goal is of the story but you you, there's so much opportunity for fun there (laughs) you know there's so much opportunity for you know side plots and you know little easter eggs and stuff like that and boy do i love an easter egg and a side plot (laughs) and so so yeah it's again i think that this process now with hawthorne has come at the right time that now you know i'm learning another lesson as an author and that's how to go back and make sure i know where i am so that i can figure out where i'm going so is it a concurrent timeline throughout or are they standalone they are absolutely in order they um they run day to day um the way they are formatted is is a little bit strange um they are uh they're not arranged in chapters they're arranged in days and you never leave what's going on the 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 first three books there is no day missing it is a series of events within these within these days, and you follow these characters. And it's uh, it's written in in um, in third limited, and it rotates between several uh, POV characters. So within the days, you get isolated scenes, somewhat similar to the way Dan Brown wrote his novels. In mm-hmm. that you know you would have these, but he did it in little micro chapters. Same idea. It's just not labeled that way. Um, you know, you would have one character's scene and then it would switch. You yeah. know, you would have a, a marking of some sort and then you would go to another character's scene. And in, and a lot of times in mine, uh, because it is so psychological, I'll have a scene that takes place in a single room at a single time. And as one character is 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 experiencing a thought and taking a breath, his scene ends and we drop into Lark's POV down inside of the mind of 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 some person who she's exploring. Mm. And then we can come back out again and go into another of of my of my MCs and see how he's experiencing what's going on in in the room. And so it becomes this little playground. Um, stuff you know I can like bounce all over the place to people and like I I don't know see this is the thing right I don't know anything about you know this I just came in and started playing around so I'm like this irreverent (laughs) little child like I'm gonna go up the slide yeah. <laughs> like mom never told me not to <laughs> <laughs> well there's a lot of authors I think that do that they start a series they just dive right in and if they're lucky, they're going to get a first book. If they're extremely lucky, they're going to get a second one. But yeah, after a little while, it's like, oh gosh, I have to start tying things together. And mm-hmm. Oh, this yeah. background. And yeah, because fans start that's calling right. you out. You're like, no, 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 no. Their eye color's yeah, wrong. That's right. Oh, and <laughs> dude, like this is part of part of the process that I had to develop is I have these incredibly deep and detailed documents uh, that go through everything in each one of my characters how they pronounce certain words whether they carry their phone in their front or back pocket mm-hmm. you know the types of clothing they wear the details about physical description accents tendencies how they take their coffee everything so that <laughs> if i if i am drawing attention to something that they're doing i can go back and reference it and make sure that there is continuity there so in a way um me having to, you know, develop these coping mechanisms because I can't remember crap has made me really good at the continuity thing. Not because I can remember anything, just because I have to write it all down or it would be gone. Uh, <laughs> so, oh my yeah. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
So this is all in the Clockmaker series. Yep. What uh, do you have any plans for anything beyond this? Beyond another yes. series or a standalone? Yes. Well, <laughs> um, I am. I am shamelessly attracted to shiny objects. So uh, yeah, I will. I will be. You know, doing something mundane like you know mowing the lawn or driving or something and just wandering in my head and you know get an idea for a whip and go home and write it down and there are there are a bunch of those right now but currently there are three that I have written in you know have between five and twenty thousand words in 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 any given one of them that um, they keep trying to lure me away from the Clockmaker <laughs> series. They're like, we're shiny and pretty. Don't you want to come play with us? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. I, I will. <laughs> I have to do this now because people don't know about you. People know about Hawthorne and I have to do this first. But yeah, um, it's it's odd because uh, even though I am very strictly a, uh, you know, I am a science-based you know, facts-based, skeptical person. Um, all of my whips have an element of paranormal or uh, <laughs> supernatural or or uh, fantasy. Uh, the 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 whip that that really wants my attention right now is is like a modern fantasy, and it's, oh, it's so cool. I really want to do it. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I keep trying to exercise. At one point in time, I was like, you know what? an idea right now i'm gonna i'm gonna outline a story i'm gonna outline a book and my intention was for it to be just you know some sort of a conventional genre and it ended up having a a, a twist of fantasy in it and i was like well damn <laughs> apparently this is just going to be my niche <laughs> <laughs> i i would say that uh, it, it's safe to say at this point you are for sure an author yeah I would consider myself such. Yes, yeah. I, I would. I, I was, I, I did that dance for a yes. while where I was like, am I? Do, I, do I have to do this? Is it when I write it? Is it when I publish it? Is it when I get my first check? Do I have to do a second one? And yeah, I, I've, 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 it's been enough time now. I can't imagine what else I would have to do. So yes, <laughs> yes I will gladly accept that label. I Put me in the box. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, on top of that, you are also a podcaster helping other authors yeah. week to week on the Author and Chains podcast, which I was fortunate enough to stumble upon, I think around, I don't know, maybe episode six. Okay. And yeah. I, early I was on. like, I was like, okay, well, let me give this a try for a little while. And then like two or three episodes in, I was like, okay, let me go back and start from the beginning because I'm, I'm kind of into this. This is cool. And I love it. How did this come about? Well, um, I was not around for the inauguration of uh, Authors in Chains, but um, it came about uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, a group of authors on Twitter sort of got together and they were like, let's do this thing. Uh, Raymond Bailey was the spearhead of, of the whole thing. He got together with uh, three other uh, author acquaintances of his. They actually really didn't know each other prior to that. That's the interesting thing. It's not like they were friends. Um, and then they started the podcast. Um, I uh, came into the whole thing. I knew one of the, uh, one of the other hosts who's no longer with the program. Um, as an acquaintance through uh, through Facebook and found out that she had a podcast. And I was like, well, look at 
that. I'm releasing my second book and I'm doing a podcast and radio tour. So, and so uh, I, I ended up being uh, politely in, invited after I sort of invited myself. I was like, hey, you should invite me over sometime. And they were like, hey, you want to come over sometime? And I was like, you're so nice to ask. <laughs> <laughs> it was shameless. It was shameless. It was absolutely shameless. And in, in, in fairness, um, I, I, I very much enjoy going on podcasts and just like talking and stuff like that. Like I kind of, mm-hmm. I, I know it's bad business and stuff, I, but I really kind of shy away from talking about like my books specifically, but like I love talking with you guys. Like, yeah. It's fun. So, um, so I felt okay about doing the whole, you know, invite myself on people's podcast tour sort of thing. Cause I wasn't just going on and being like, I'm a book, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, they had not done interviews with authors yet. So, uh, I was the first and, uh, we had a really good time. Um, and, uh, Ray Bailey ended up coming back a few days later and, uh, calling me and being like, so, uh, one of our hosts is leaving. Would you like to come on permanently? And I was like, really? And he was like, yes. And I was like, that's so cool. Yes. Let's <laughs> do this thing. And, um, so now we are, uh, somewhere, somewhere close to episode 50, very close to, to episode 50 actually. And, um, uh, I mean, we're, I, I it's been a, a, a year-ish since, since I've joined. Uh, now it's, it's, it's me and Ray Bailey, of course, the spearhead, and Rob Davies, who's also one of the originals. And yeah, we get together every Saturday, and we're weird. We do our, we do our podcasts live. Um, it's, <laughs> it's uncut, unedited. God help us. We, we go and, and broadcast live on, on Facebook so people can, you know, interact and, and watch us there. And then, and then we release it as a, as a traditional podcast, you know, the, the yeah. next day. Um, but yeah, we just kind of let it all hang out and yeah, we, we don't do a whole lot of promo and stuff like that. Like we love having other authors on to, to chat and stuff like that, but we like to encourage people to come on and talk shop. You know, come, come and talk to us about your process, about what it's like for you to be an author, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun to talk about our own individual works and whatnot, but, but, you know, let's, let's get it, let's get in between heads and see, you know, everybody has their own struggles and their own experiences and, uh, you know, the things that have built them. And because everybody's, you know, experiences are unique, being able to share that is, is valuable. Um, it is and super is. super fun yeah super and, super fun oh my gosh yes and as a listener yeah it's like you said it i enjoy listening to other people's process and what your thoughts are on oh well i do it like this and mm-hmm. whether it's uh you're talking about something third person or you're talking about creating a uh, oh should it have a flashback in the beginning or mm-hmm. not and you know different things and it's just it's a way of learning without teaching and yeah. I, I get so much out of it. I really enjoy the show. Oh, thank you. I love that. We try very hard not to like, you know, pontificate or, <laughs> you know, instruct. We're just sharing, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're all in this damn thing together. It's a leaky lifeboat, man. And we're all just trying to bail and row at the same time. So, you know, yeah, it's all good fun. Uh, it's, it is a lot of fun. And I really enjoy it. When, when do the, uh, so it's live on 
Facebook. We are we nights. are live uh, live on Facebook every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, and then the podcast is released Sunday in traditional podcast forms and all of the places where people would stream their podcasts from. Um, and then we also release a vidcast on, on YouTube as well. So if anybody wants to go and watch our, our interesting faces <laughs> is where we, we are and make interesting faces during the podcast. If anybody <laughs> wants to watch the video version because yep, the the live is is video and we save that so if anybody wants to watch it it's always it's always up on youtube uh, also which uh is is kind of a different spin i i uh, i realized after we made that decision that that was that was not something that was that was uh, traditional but it's been really well received like people yeah. really like watching us <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm like okay i mean it works so come on in if you like mr rogers you know come on in. <laughs> we can all be oh, friends here the water's warm that's right oh my gosh this has been every bit of as much fun as i thought it was going to be and uh i i'm just i'm upset that ray had to leave and he wasn't able to jump in with us but you know i'll that's have okay. to uh i'll get him on here sometime that's right. We will we will chase down the elusive Raymond Bailey. We'll find him in his natural habitat, and you know, I don't know, we'll net him, we'll net him, and then we'll tie him to a chair and get him on here. Because Perfect. yeah, you can't you can't miss out on the Ray Bailey. Everybody needs a little bit of that in their life. That's right. That's right. I'm gonna, I, it's going to be my mission in life now. I got to get the uh, the Raymond Bailey and Robert Davies reading a sample chapter. That's right. <laughs> Where can everybody find and follow you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook at Glacia Kronk. I am on Twitter at Glacia Kronk. I am on Instagram at Glacia Kronk. You can find me on the YouTube at Glacia Kronk. Um, and then uh, my books are available in Kindle and paperback on Amazon. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've, I've had a wonderful time speaking with you and you're definitely gifted and a superhero in my book. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. This was a blast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for me to step aside and hand the floor to our guest, Glacia Kronk, with book one of the Clockmaker series, The Softwood Hour. Insert book reading now. <laughs> Insert book reading. <laughs> what does it feel like? David prompted as he secured the last buckle. His sister's eyes closed and her brow crinkled. She sighed. Agent Fletcher walked from the far side of the room to stand with Carpenter. David noticed that he was looking at Lark with intense interest. He crossed his arms over his chest and leaned back against the comatose man's bed. Anything? he asked again. She shook her head and her eyes fluttered. There's nothing. It's so dark and empty. Give me a minute to get my bearings. David nodded and regarded the two men. Carpenter removed his glasses and put one earpiece into the corner of his mouth like a pipe. Miles was still enthralled. There's something, she said. Lark felt a sinking sensation in her feet as she glided through the blackness. Off a little to the left... Too far. Back a bit. And up. And it was gone. Shit. She cursed, frustrated. 
The totality of the nothingness of the girl was staggering. Tiny threads of effervescent sensation brushed past her like dew-covered strands of spider silk, but when she would turn to them, they were already gone. She stopped and stilled, holding her breath. Somewhere, far off, she could hear a color, smell a sound. She dove down, farther into the darkness. Damn it, I hate this part, Miles thought. Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Her breathing had started to slow minutes earlier, and he had known what would happen next. The first time he had seen her work, this phase had made the strongest impression on him. It was unnerving and unnatural. He tipped his phone up to check the time. 9.20 a.m. She drew a slow breath, and Kramer chuffed through his cheeks. David, too, checked the time on his phone and glanced over at him and Carpenter. He straightened a small notebook and pen that he had rested on the end of the bed. She pulled a long, slow breath and let half of it out, then suddenly stopped, the wind trapped in her lungs. Miles watched. Her face was turned down into her lap, her hair obstructing the view of her face, and she was hunched. Her thumb tenderly caressed the side of the girl's hand. Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I think I've got it. Her words came strained and distant. What do you see? David said. Nothing yet. I can feel something. It's not as cold. She drew another long breath, then stopped breathing again. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I can... I can get it. It's so close. Kramer whined on the bed and strained into Lark's hip. I think I've got it. Warmth lapped at her feet. She jumped up and pencil dove through the glow below her. The sensation enveloped her body and pressed in on her ribs. Down, down, down she slid, heat licking up her sides, blowing her hair overhead. She tried to breathe, but her lungs refused to draw. It's not real, she told herself, trying to quell the rising sense of panic in her belly. She exhaled the last of her air and gave herself up to the plunge. Stretching her arms out to either side, her fingertips grazed the freezing atmosphere outside the chute of heat through which she fell. They stung with the bite of their chill, and she drew her hands back into her body. Then suddenly, she smelled earth. Oh my gosh, what did I tell you, huh? That was a chilling and riveting reading from our guest, Glacia Kronk, reading a sample chapter from book one of The Softwood Hour. The book is available right now. It's all a part of her Clockmaker series. Make sure you click the link in the show notes to check it out and follow Glacia on all her platforms where you can find her. 
Don't forget to also click the links for our sponsors and podcast networks alike. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next week when I'm back with a new author, a new book, and a brand new sample chapter. Thank you so much for tuning in for this bonus episode. We'll see you again real, real soon. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.